The Super Bowl is over, so that means it's time for more labor negotiations. Well, well, I thought that maybe there was a chance we could see the lockout come to an end around the Super Bowl, and, and it's still the week after, but uh, at this point, I think it's more likely that we see another Super Bowl before we see another baseball game. I hope that doesn't happen, but we're not gonna we're not gonna sit here and dwell on that. At some point there'll be baseball this year. And hey, college baseball starts Friday. That's there's baseball being played somewhere. Uh, this is Guardians of the Future. I'm Justin Latta, and joining me is Willie Hood, fresh off a uh, what are we, Twitter hiatus, quarantine, <laughs> self-imposed break. How, are you feeling better about anything? You know, my mind feels just as cloudy as it did before I started. Maybe I, maybe I need to go on a longer break. I don't know. <laughs> um, maybe it wasn't Twitter at all. Maybe it was just me. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, I will say this. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of Browns fans should be unhappy this week because you have the Rams who in- initially started in Cleveland and then you have the Bengals who were started by Paul Brown, all links back to Cleveland and kind of the Browns, you know? So another... Are you that- saying... Are you saying championship by proxy? Yeah. Well, yes, we could go that route. Since the Rams were originally came from Cleveland, therefore the championship belongs to Cleveland. It's either that or be bitter about it. Um, I haven't decided which one. Honestly, I only watched a little bit of the game. Um, I was more interested in watching people trying to capture killer bees on the internet for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to go. Hey, whatever works, I guess. If you want to inflict pain on yourself, go for it. If you're dumb enough to do it, I'm dumb enough to watch. (laughs) I guess that's just as entertaining as Super Bowl commercials. I don't know. I I didn't consider that the alternative. I I wanted to see the commercials, and I also wanted to see the Super Bowl halftime show, so that was why I tuned in. The game was fine, but I think every year for the last, like, I don't know how many years, I really only watched for the commercials. This year, I was just glad to watch about the halftime show in the commercials. Cause usually usually the halftime show I'm driving home from wherever I'm watching it from anyway. So that was a nice addition this year that I liked. One of my patients told me that the, um, that there was a football game and then there was a lot of entertainment. So I, I took it to mean that the commercials and the halftime show were all entertaining. I feel like the commercials are always good. I mean, you get a few duds, but um, there was a, I forget who the, it was, it was a T-Mobile commercial. I'm a big fan of the show Scrubs and they had, uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison in the commercial who are both stars of the show Scrubs. They did a, a T-Mobile commercial. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. And then my girlfriend is a big Jonas Brothers fan. And there was the truck commercial with, uh, it was Jones. It was Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Rashida Jones. And I forget who the other Jones was and they were all driving trucks. And then Nick Jonas shows up and he's like. Keep it up with the Jonases. But that was pretty funny. I think you're stalling. That's not the only ones I can remember. The first pick in our prospect draft. <laughs> I am nervous. I, I, I don't think. Okay, so before we get into this, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're going to take who I would have taken. But, um, so for those who are listening, uh, we are going to do something fun this week. Something a little bit different because. 
I don't know. At this point, there's really not much new to talk about. I mean, we could talk about the top. Uh, we could talk about our rankings, the top 61 scouting reports that we have out uh, for the site for that guardians baseball insider.com. By the way, if you're not a subscriber, uh, it's $5 a month and you can read all the scouting reports, all 61. I think uh, 61 and 58, those ones are free. So anybody can read those, but if you want to read the rest uh, today was Diane Frias. Actually, he was unlocked too. So you can read that one for free, but majority of them are still insider only. It's only five bucks a month. And then once you read the last one, you can cancel it if you'd like, but, uh, we hope you stick around for Willie's draft coverage and minor league coverage throughout the year because there will be a minor league season at the very least. Uh, but yeah, instead of instead of harping on our top 61, we can get to that another time. We're going to do a Cleveland Guardians prospect draft. So what that means is Willie and I are each going to draft a full team of Cleveland Guardians prospects. So this is anybody that's on our prospect list. So they cannot be... They cannot have exceeded their rookie limits. So let's see who got called up last year. That would have been Tristan McKenzie. Is anybody on our list? Well, no, he's off the list. There, okay. You know what? There is nobody officially um, ranked anymore on our list that has made their major league debut. We don't have anybody in our top 61 that um, has any major league experience. That has to be a first. Yeah, That's unusual. Usually it is. You have two or three um, things so, but I guess where you don't have that expanded 40 man roster, um, it kind of delays mm-hmm. some service time for players in a way. Hmm. Interesting. Story. Yeah, it does. And yeah. And we just didn't have uh, well, I mean, you got 14 players they added to the roster after the season was over. So, and they were a young team last year. So they already had a lot of young guys on there. Like Andres Jimenez was already not a rookie last year. Uh, McKinsey and Klaus A both ex- exceeded rookie limits last year. So, yeah, anybody in the organization at this point that's a prospect uh, is eligible for this draft. So that's anybody who hasn't made their major league debut at this point. Uh, okay, so that would be like Ernie Clement. Ernie Clement and Owen Miller both exhausted rookie eligibility last year. So uh, they're off the list. But, yeah, we're going to draft uh, a player at each position. We're going to draft a DH. We're going to draft a um, – a utility player. We're going to draft five starting pitchers. We're going to draft two relievers. And we're going to let you decide who the listeners, who has a better team. So I'll put the list together after we're done drafting and we'll put it out on Twitter. And then you guys can vote on who had the better team. Um, in a predetermined rigged um, <laughs> question, Willie somehow got the first pick. It was, uh, it was uh, I'm definitely suspicious of how this went down. Hey, it, it, had nothing to do with hackers or anything like that, Justin. Mm-hmm. I think you agreed to something to get the first pick, and well, we'll see there, how that plays out. But there is a jersey being shipped to Jared's house with PD Helpin's number on it now. See, <laughs> see, I knew it. See, I knew you did something. All right, well, nothing I can do about it now. So I'll just have to work a little bit harder to draft a better team. So, Willie, do you want to start? Should I set up a clock? Do you know who you want to take? Yeah, yeah, I know. I, the uh, first pick? It came down to the last minute for me. But I'm looking oh. at prospect rankings, and what I feel about players, but also who I feel are core components of the organization long-term. So with the first pick, I select Brian Rocchio, shortstop, 
Wow, what the shortstop? There are so many shortstops to take. All right, so so why Brian Rocchio number one, considering how many shortstops there are in the organization? You know, I was very tempted to take George Valera. Um, and yes, there's a number of shortstops. I just feel like he is going to be a above-average shortstop at the major league level. I think he's going to produce offensively. I think there's more strength coming with that frame, but also with the speed on the bases and then obviously the, the value that he provi- provides um, defensively as well. Somebody I think that you get more than even what the grades tell you sometimes uh, just because of the intellect and knowing where to be, the baseball um, IQ, if you will. I can see it. I mean, he, he is our, our top shortstop prospect in the organization at this point. He's our third-ranked prospect. Um, definitely, I think, the best prospect among among a good group of shortstops in the organization. And I think very well he is a shortstop of the future here. You know, I was very tempted with, uh, things play with out. George Valera, who's going to be a premium bat. But, you know, questions with health and is he a left fielder or, or, you know, I think he can handle right. But even with the questions with his health for me, I, I still have my doubts about his health and where he ultimately, how he ultimately pans out. But I really came down to the last minute before I decided, you know what, I'm going for a positional value here and tuck with Rocchio. Yeah, that makes sense. Going up the middle is always a strong strategy for this uh, to build a team around. Well, I had two players that I was uh, torn about taking and you're going to be surprised by this one. I think, um, with my first pick, I am going to go and target position scarcity within the organization. I'm going to take uh, first baseman John Kenzie Noel because there is not a player in this organization that has the power that he possesses. And it, it would be if you took him, it'd be very hard to fill first base. So uh, I'm taking John Kenzie Noel because there's nobody else at first base. Touche, touche. Good pick. I thought that I thought that was the way to go. Take take the, uh, I mean, easily the best power in the system. I mean, he might have power as as good as, if not better, than Framil Reyes. And you know, there's just not a lot of first base prospects in this organization that you can trust. So I think that was uh, the way I had to fill the roster. Yeah, I, I I like that approach. It's something I even considered myself when I was thinking about that. So I'm going a traditional route and just going to build my team my way. So with the third pick overall, I select George Valera, outfielder. All right. So he went two premium prospects right away off the bat. I mean, that's that's a good way to go. I bet you probably didn't think that that um, that Valera was going to be there for the one pick. No, that's I mean, that's the top two guys on my board for me. Uh, so to get both of them, I'm very happy. And we're and we're not gonna we're not gonna specify you know left field right field yeah, center field we're just gonna take outfielder. three outfields yeah we're not gonna specify that that would make things too complicated but yeah that's the uh, like you said the top two guys on your board and two guys that are on Cle- all three guys so far in Cleveland's forty man roster and uh, Valera might very well be the only outfielder Cleveland has produced that's going to be any good in the next uh, in the last twenty years <laughs> besides. Grady Sizemore and Michael Brantley, so not a bad way to go. Well, I didn't think he was going to – I well, I guess with Valera left, I could have predicted this, but um, 
the other guy I thought you're going to go with is the guy I'm going to take. And with the fourth pick, I'm going to take, this is going to hurt you a little bit, Willie. I'm going to take your guy, Daniel Espino. I'm going to take the first pitcher. Come on, man. (laughs) I I thought you might go pitcher after going shortstop. And I know you're very high on Daniel Espino, but I'm taking him off the board for you because he might be the best pitching prospect in the organization. He is the best pitching prospect in the organization. And uh, it's hard to find a premium arm like that. And, is, I know I know. there's a lot of good pitchers in the system, but uh, none are better than Daniel, Daniel Speedo. Nobody has his upside. So with the fifth pick, I select... Hmm. Nolan Jones. Infielder. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just going infielder? Where, where are we putting Nolan Jones? So we, we, we did predetermine... Also, Nolan Jones, we were going to be allowed depends, to select him as a... Um, that depends on what I do later, I guess. There's some personal players in that's the organization. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. You can put him wherever right now. We, we did say that he was eligible at first base, third base, and outfield, um, as he did play all those positions last year at some point, and those might be his, uh, his future home somewhere. Well, you filled your infield out pretty nicely so far. You've got Rokio and Jones. That's interesting because there's a lot of good players on the board still and uh, Nolan Jones has fallen kind of far on a lot of prospect lists. I mean, he was out of Keith Law's top 100. I think he's out of um, Baseball America's top 100, you know, whatever that's worth. But why why Nolan Jones this early? I think a lot of people are down on him. I think some of it has to do with prospect fatigue. He was well, he just underwhelmed the first month of the season. And then if you lop the first month of the season off, uh, he hit 269, which is a pretty good average, you know, and he still showed power. Yes. He's going to strike out and he's going to walk a ton. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of value there still for him. I think the positional versatility is another thing for me. That was something I was looking for uh, because there's two infield positions. I have an eye on to place him in. Um, I'm leaning one way or the other, or I'm leaning toward one right now, but um, we'll see how all of this plays out. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's falling on a lot of lists, but like you said, it could be prospect fatigue, but also he does have some versatility. And I, I do think there's still a good player in there. I don't know if he's ever going to reach the ceiling we thought he had when he was first drafted, but uh, still a very good <clears throat> you know, a major league future. And I would probably guess at this point, now that I've taken Noel and I know, I know Jones doesn't get to all of his power in game because of the swing and miss issues, but probably the second most power in the, in the system behind Noel. So that's a good pick. Well, I mean, now Valera has got above average power. I would say both Valera and Jones probably have equal game power at this point. Yeah, I think so. And you've collected both of them, so that's a, that's a good strategy. Planus yeah. has a lot of power, too. Yes, he He's does. Getting, getting to it in game is so different. Yeah. Yeah. It, I would say he's got double plus power, um, but plays out above average right now. So, you know, kind of like you allude to, you have to make contact with that power, too. So. Hmm. All right. Well, this is pick number six. I am struggling with where to go on this one. There's a lot of ways to go. I can continue to build my pitching staff. 
Yeah, I, I'm considering, you know, shortstop. You've already got you've already got Rokio, but I mean they're still Gabriel Arias, they're still Tyler Freeman, Jose Ten is a good shortstop. There are still, you know, some pretty good shortstop prospects in the system that I could go with if I don't want to um you know, if I don't want to settle. Hmm. Maybe I should have gotten a timer because now I'm now I'm not sure who I want to go with here. I think okay. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm gonna take him just so you don't take him because you know how much I like him. I'm gonna go with my second starting pitcher and I'm gonna take Logan T. Allen. Oh man, I was I was targeting with the him. sixth pick. I, I'm gonna tell you that. I was yeah, I I did. I was gonna snap him up. I took. I, I mean, I was right there. I, I took a speed from you. I was now worried. Turning another card, Justin. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So this would be what the seventh pick for me. Is that right? Seventh overall and your fourth overall, pick in the draft. I select mm-hmm. Bo Naylor, catcher. Oh, okay. So you go with Bo Naylor over Brian Lavastida. And obviously catching, you know, not a lot of catching in the system Bo-Nailer right position. now. What? Yeah, so why why Bo Naylor and not Brian Lavastida, for those who might be wondering, because Bo Naylor obviously had a uh, – a tough 2021 and also another guy who has fallen off a lot of top hundred lists. Yeah. You know, he didn't hit this year. Is he going to hit? I don't know. He's an excellent defensive catcher. I'm convinced that he may be a low average, um, low average hitting starting catcher. Um, but he's an excellent defender and really there's not a lot of positional depth here. So I went for a catcher early and one that I really like, and I believe that has an opportunity to rebound, um, you know, keep your expectations low on the batting average. I think there's good power there and a good defensive catcher with a strong arm back there. He really impressed Aaron Savali. And I think a couple of other pitchers that came through Akron this year. So I, uh, I just think he's going to pan out as a, as a good backstop. I think he definitely has the defensive edge on Lava Seed in a lot of areas. Now, Lava Seed made a lot of a lot of gains last year defensively, especially in terms of framing. Uh, he's still got some work to do with blocking and throwing out runners. He Naylor probably will always have a better arm than Lava Seed, but I don't know. I saw Lava Seed last year with a lot of sub two pop times, so he's he's inconsistent at times that way. But he definitely has the talent to be a catcher who can control the run game. I think Naylor just has maybe better raw arm strength. Um, just has better, a better set of defensive tools, but I think Lavastida made some gains last year. Um, obviously had the better offensive season. I suppose that means I have to take Brian Lavastida now because you've already taken Bo Naylor. And if I don't take him, I'm going to be stuck with uh, <laughs> a catcher. I don't know anything about, so I'm not going to get stuck without, a good catching prospect. So I'm going to take Brian Lavastida right now, and that'll take both catchers off the board. And you were on to me. That was going to be my next pick as a utility player, because I think he can play second yeah. base or first base too. Yeah. You put me on my heels a little bit. I, I thought that I was catching you off guard with picking Noel and then Daniel Espino. And then you just said you were going to pick Logan C. Allen. Then you went with Bone. I, so I made you react. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I made you react and now you're making me react. There you so, all right, ninth, the ninth pick. What do you got? Second baseman Tyler Freeman. Oh man, 
this is uh this is quite a lineup you're building here. You have gone so you've got two contact hitters in Rokio and Freeman. You got Valera who draws a lot of walks and has power, and Nolan Jones who draws walks and has power. That is uh it's a very nice balanced approach offensively, and I can see I I still do think this. I do think that the future of Cleveland's infield, I think by twenty twenty four, I'm gonna say Freeman second base and Rokio, although I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Freeman's a trade piece for them. Absolutely. I mean, when, um, I mean, when you have that multi <laughs> whenever things open questions, up. he's somebody maybe. Hey, we can headline with this guy. Uh, I still really like Freeman, and I think he's going to be a a really good major league player. And I think he can play shortstop. Um, I just don't know if he can play shortstop in Cleveland just because of the sheer volume of quality depth that Cleveland Cleveland has. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Giant Peralta was playing shortstop for for Cleveland all those years. He wasn't really a special defender. I mean, I think defensive metrics did not really like him, and, and now we have, you know, all those and hindsight to look back on. He was not a great defensive shortstop, but I, it, there's definitely obviously a premium place on guys who can play defense up the middle. Peralta provided enough offense as a shortstop, and – I don't think he was a terrible defender. Was he below average? Maybe a little bit, but I think with his off his offensive contributions, you could live with his defense. And I think Freeman is probably a better defender than, you know, Johnny Peralta was. And I think he's going to provide enough offensively where if he was playing shortstop, for instance, I think it would be good enough offense to negate any, I would say what he's probably an average shortstop at best and a better second baseman than that. So if you have an average defender at shortstop, that's still better than, you know, below average with, you know, like Ahmed Rosario and menial offense. I would take Freeman's defense and offense at shortstop over that. So you were on the clock. Hmm. Yeah, I have I have yet to pick anybody in the middle infield. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about that. You have already snapped up two middle infield prospects while I've been going with uh, – with pitching, which, you know, I can take a relaxed little bit of a vaccine on pitching now that uh, I've built that up. Hmm. I think, I think at this point I have to go with Gabriel Arias at shortstop. I think, I think I need a shortstop and that's got to be the guy I go with. There's not a lot of, there's still some options remaining, but I think he represents the safest floor and, and the most upside at this point playing shortstop of the guys left since you, you took two of them from me. <laughs> so I'm going to run to the table with my card, Gavin Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Who I feel has more. I am, I am really. Fino, so. Yeah, I believe Williams is what? Our second top pitching prospect on the list this year. He is the second one. Yes, he is. But it's very close That's between ended me up. and Cody Morris and Logan Allen and and I'll even throw out another name, Peyton Battenfield, who I think will get a lot more attention um, this season once we actually get a little baseball going. Well, he he's not on the forty, so he can uh, he can start on time, like you know Cody Morris cannot. But um, yeah, I, I think I think you're right about Battenfield for sure. Williams, I'm really excited to see pitch this year. I would imagine. I don't know. I, gosh, I really hope the lockout doesn't drag on into April, but um, 
I'm not I'm not really sure how many guys in the 40 man roster would start the season in Akron, but I don't I don't think there's any pitchers that would start that low. Most of the pitchers on the on the on the 40 man roster, I think, as far as Sarah's maybe Vargas. Those are all trip. Vargas would be the only one off of the or on the 40 man that would start maybe uh, in Akron. Yeah, so I, I don't think I was gonna say maybe maybe with the lockout if if Akron would be missing any pitchers on the forty, maybe that would make uh, Williams start the season in Akron because you and I have both been saying that like Gavin Williams is good enough to pitch in Double A right now, but the forty man roster situation is not going to force him to pitch that high in the system to start with. So um, I would guess he probably starts in Lake County. But I was trying to do that. I'm trying to finish our depth charts because I'm. I want to get that up on the site at some point, man, just finding where all this pitching goes. Like I have six or seven starters for each level. Like Akron could have seven starters. What was that? We'll have to piggyback some of them or, or do the six. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and even then you might be piggybacking some of these guys. Yeah, it's insane. It's definitely insane. I don't know how they're going to make it all work, but it's going to be interesting. All right. So you've got Gavin Williams as your first pitcher with the eleventh overall pick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go back up the middle here, and I am gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take Stephen Kwan to play left field for me, outfield, with the twelfth pick. The guy who is rising up prospect lists faster than. Um, our world is blowing up. <laughs> I'm running back to the table with my card turned in again, and it is Cody Morris. Cody Morris. That's an interesting. Uh, interesting second pick for a pitcher. Why? Why Cody Morris over the other arms that are left? I mean, like you said, there's Battenfield. There's uh, Carlos Vargas. Between Morris and Battenfield, I think you have a number three starter there. Morris is ready now. Battenfield will be ready at the end of the year. I say Morris is ready now. I think he could pitch in the big leagues to start the year. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, uh, maybe he ends up getting traded. I don't know, but I think there's potential for a mid-rotation arm. And it, and if he doesn't end up starting because of injuries, then uh, a top-flight back-end reliever. Yeah, that's really the only thing for Cody Morris at this point, to be honest with you, I think is the is the health. If he can prove that he can pitch a full season, he's a starter to me. I don't think there's any question about that. I think the only thing that keeps him from being a mid-rotation arm is his health. I mean, there's definitely some questions about will his stuff continue to play as well as it did last year in in an abbreviated stint because he was hurt most of the year. You know, is his stuff going to be that good over 150 innings? I don't know. You know, his last start of the season, his velocity dropped from being about 96 and 98 to about 93, 95, which is where he was in 2019. But if he's healthy and he can hold his stuff for a full season, there's no doubt he is a a mid-rotation starter. Obviously, that's a lot to prove. But, yeah, he's got plenty of upside, and that's a nice tandem to have Gavin Williams and and Cody Morris as your your one-two punch. Hmm. This is going to be tough. I'm missing a big position here. It's going to be tough. 
You know what? Since you mentioned it, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave him out there. I'm gonna go and take Peyton Battenfield. I'm gonna beef up my rotation because I uh, I want my rotation to be as good as possible. And I if I leave him out there again, I know you're gonna take him. So I'm taking Peyton Battenfield. So now I've got Daniel Spino, Logan Tion, and Peyton Battenfield as my starting rotation so far. That's pretty tight. Um, I'm running back to the table again with my card turned in. And I'm taking my utility player, Jose Tena. Oh, man. I thought about Tena right there. I did. I thought, you know, I don't have a second baseman. And, and Jose Tena is is another guy that, Keith, you know, Keith Law really likes him. And yeah, I'm going I'm to call him utility for I, now, and we'll see where he ends up at. I may shift that around. Yeah, you've got some options for sure. I mean, Tenna played third base last year. He played uh, shortstop. He played second. I think Rokio and Freeman both played uh, some shortstop and second, and Rokio played some third as well. So you've got some options there to go with, I think. Man, that takes a that takes a big one off the board for me. I was, I was kind of counting on him being my second baseman. Um, I've really built a nice infield. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's so many guys to pick from. You, it's funny, this, you know, infield is right, infield yeah. and starting pitcher are the two most. That's the that's the most plentiful place to pick from in the system, and you've already loaded up on both of those. So, and you've got the best outfielder in the system. I think I I think I have the second best outfielder though. I think yeah. Valera and Quan. Quan, I was one two. I was creeping on Quan. He would have been the pick if Quan was there, but yeah. he snatched him up. Yeah, I didn't want to lose that one. I mean, I, I don't know if there's more up. I mean, yeah, the floor is safe, but now, I don't know. I'm starting to think Stephen Kwan's got a lot of upside as an outfielder more than we thought before. So, hmm. Well, I'm going to go. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to, I'm going to try your trick a little bit. I'm going to build some versatility for myself here. I'm going to give myself some options to build a team. Uh, down down the board in the draft by picking this player because I can move him around. I'm going to take Richie Palacios right now. I'm going to put him at second base, but um, I'm going to reserve the right to move him around because he can play left field for so me. Your utility guy. I can now, move him since he can play second and left. Yeah, yeah. I'll put him at utility because uh, I can, I can move him around. I, I think ultimately he ends up being a left fielder. Um. But you know he can play second base. I think the, he's definitely not going to play shortstop in the major leagues, not with his arm and not with uh, all the shortstops in the system. But so I'm running with my that gives me some flexibility. Again, and I'm going for left hand starting pitcher Doug Nikhazy. You trying to hurt me? <laughs> you want to hurt me, don't you? Why, why Doug Nikhazy? Why, why did you do that to me? Because he's going to move quickly through the system. That top-to-bottom approach, I think, is going to be very effective for him. I know some people think he's a reliever. I think he's going to be a starter. He may have a, a little bit higher of a walk rate than what, what you'd like, but I think that's acceptable from a left-hander, and he is a fiery competitor with a very solid floor of a back-end relief arm. Uh, but I'm saying he's probably like a fourth starter maybe a fifth starter in the major leagues in quick order at that. Yeah. I think he has a stuff to move fast. And like you said, his command's a little bit fringy, but 
Um, he has the stuff. Man, if he was a reliever, he'd be so fun to watch. Could you imagine? I know we're a little bit down on James Karinchak just because of the loss of stuff last year and just being a goofy dude. But man, could you imagine the the emotions and the and the little um, antics of those two out of the bullpen? So fun. <laughs> I mean, then you get a fiery competitor like a Gavin Williams on the mound too. Even he's he's quiet, but I mean, you you'll see he's a fiery competitor when he's out there too. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right. Let's see. Now we're both up to three starting pitchers. I've got Palacios at utility. The pitching options are starting to get a little bit thin now that we both have six starters, isn't it? I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. You're dealing with some guys. It's getting, it's getting some, down there. Some uh, injury issues and some other stuff going on, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Wow, this is this is tough. Now that we've got some off the board, I'm. I could. I maybe I should go with another outfield. I don't know. Out, outfields. Outfield's sketchy. You've only got one outfielder. I've only got. I've got maybe one, maybe two, depending on where I want to put Palacios. Um, that's tough. There are no real, there are no real threats in the outfield at this point. I think I know who you're going to pick next, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick him out in front of you again. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take PD Halfin. Read my mail, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a feeling he was going to be your next pick, and I was like, you know what? If I if I keep Palacios on the infield, I can get Quan and Halpin and give myself a really nice defensive outfield and uh, really kind of thin the herd out among outfield prospects. So now you're forced to pick from a very, uh, very I, I mean un, I don't want to say underrated, but very less than uh, less than talented group among outfielders. It's going to be tough. <laughs> And it depends on who you or what you think of some of these guys too. But I'm going to select Oscar Gonzalez as my, I'll say he's my designated hitter right now, but I'll reserve the right. Actually, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and put him out in left field. <laughs> That's a risk. It is very much so. That's a, it's a good arm to have in left field, but. Yeah, he's a statue, but you know. <laughs> at least he's a statue can throw you'll have to have a good center fielder to play between him and Valera <laughs> or you could put Valera in center I know well there's some there's some good center field prospects left I mean there's some guys that can play out there yep. they're not in flashy but they've got some tools all right so you still keep you're keeping your DH spot open. You're going to put Oscar Gonzalez in left, and that that gives you some power too. You know, to kind of make Valera make and Ryan for... Gonzalez in left, and we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the outfield's getting real murky. It's getting real ugly out there. Um, do I want to keep Palacios at second in outfield, or I want to move him to second base? I don't know. Second base is pretty pretty thin. 
Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit safe here because pitching is thin. I am gonna grab Xavion Curry for my fourth spot as far as pitchers go because uh, I am afraid that pitching is going to dry up very fast. I am going to play Jose Tena at third base, and I am going to draft Angel Martinez as my utility player. Oh, okay. So that puts Nolan Jones at first where? base. First That's base, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, I see. You're not letting me on your strategy. Okay. Let's see. That was your tw- that was the 21st pick. Wow, we've already made 21 picks so far. That's crazy. All right. So you've got Angel Martinez as a utility player. We move Nolan Jones to first for you and Jose Tennis handling third base. That is a heck of a defensive infield. You know, you, you put Nolan Jones at a less demanding defensive position. And now you've got Freeman at his best defensive position. You've got Rokio. And then you've got a shortstop at third base who can play third base. And a guy that can rotate around in Angel Martinez. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you've got a couple of strikeout arms and Doug Nikhazy. It's not like you need the the uh, the infield help, but you've got it if you need it. Jeez. Hmm. Well, I suppose that is going to force my hand a little bit to put Richie Palacios at second base, isn't it? Yeah, I've gobbled up the infielders, so. (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. I'm I'm rethinking my strategy now. I'm thinking uh, we need to do a redraft already. (laughs) (laughs) That was, uh, I, I, see, I thought I was being slick by taking Noel first because his power is irreplaceable, but you took all the middle infielders and you, uh. You put me on tilt. Hmm. All right. I'm going to put Richie Palacios at second base, and I'm going to go back to the outfield, and I am going to grab Isaiah Green. That's nice So that gives me Stephen Kwan, Petey Halpin, and Isaiah Green in my outfield is built. That's a lot of speed out there. Sure is. Well, you're busy doing that. I'm going after my closer, Carlos Vargas. Oh, man. That's a good pick. I think I think we've both have agreed for months, weeks, a year now that Carlos Vargas' eventual home is the bullpen. I mean, he, he's going to get a fourth option here at this point, obviously, because yeah. he – didn't pitch last season on the 40 man yeah. roster, but I just, I don't know. I don't know how he fits in. There's so many starting pitchers in the system. And the tough part is he could be a starter. I mean, he has two plus pitches. The changeup's not bad. He could be a starter. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. How, it's gotten credit for, but um, you know, I, I think it's average with above average potential, even at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that slider, I mean, that's that's just one of the nastiest pitches in the organization, in my opinion. And I, I think the easiest thing to do with him is put him in the pen and just let him dice up, uh, you know, some of the best hitters when he gets an opportunity to come in. Yeah, I agree. I 
I would, I hope it happens. I mean, whenever he's allowed to pitch, because obviously he's on the 40 man roster, but I thought in 2019, I'm sorry, I thought in 2020, before we knew there wasn't going to be a minor league season, I thought he had a chance to make the major leagues as a reliever. I think you said the same thing. I think you thought that he could move that quickly if they allowed him to. And he could this year, but I don't know if they're going to have room for him. But if he comes back healthy, I think anything is possible, depending on what role they put him in. Okay, that made him the easiest reliever on the list to take. Um, I still have some positions open that I don't like that I have open. I can wait on one of them, I think. Hmm. Debating on where to go. I don't know. Do I finish my rotation? Do I go back to the infield? I don't really have a DH. This is tough. And I, I you know, I thought we we're gonna both have enough players out there to make up some really stacked rosters, but I think now I'm seeing that it's uh once you get so far once yeah, you make it a little oh well now now there's a couple of holes. <laughs> yeah, we're twenty three picks in and it's it's a little harder than I thought it was gonna be. Um I think I'm going to have to follow suit with your relief pick, and I think I'm going to go with Jack Leftwich as my uh, first reliever. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of upside there with him, Um, and he's going to move very quickly, my opinion. Yeah, do you have any concerns? I I was reading your scouting report, by the way, if you've gotten this far and you haven't checked out, uh, Jack Leftwich was – gosh, I have to go back and see what he was ranked for us, but Willie did the scouting report on him already. He was – I believe number 51. Yeah. 51 on our list. Uh, You wrote about his delivery. Do you have any concerns about his delivery? Yeah, man. I mean, that front leg lock, I mean, that screams (laughs) knee problems at some point in time too, I think. But uh, in that dramatic, there's kind of a pull to first base at times. Um, Screams are labor that can affect his command. But I, I think, you know, if you're putting him out there for one inning, is it really impactful uh maybe later in his career when he has arthritis in that knee <laughs> but it's not a very Yikes. it's not a very um it's stiff is what i'm trying to say it's a stiff delivery with that front leg lock like that um it's not very flexible not very athletic like you'd like to see uh with the athleticism you know maybe he limits his explosion even um but he's, he's sitting mid-90s, but I, somebody I think that has the potential to move rather quickly. He's already oh, over 22, almost 23. So I think it, it's a um, fast-order relief pitcher and somebody that was underutilized or just utilized differently because he was a fireman for Florida, and I mean that in, in the truest sense. Out of the bullpen, he started middle reliever, closer, whatever it is that they needed from him, he did. I think one dedicated role will benefit him, but I think that exposure in multiple roles will also benefit him. Smart kid too. I mean, you mentioned in the scouting report, uh, academic honors, and he's also 
uh, a team player. Like you said, he's a fireman. He pitched as a starter and a reliever and as a closer. And you know, a team player who you know, if uh, they go out there and, and clean the infield, he'd probably do it. <laughs> that's the kind of guy this system likes. And if he can throw ninety eight as a as a reliever, that's that's a a good thing to have. All right, so I've got my first reliever. Are you ready for your next pick? Yes, I am, and I'm going to work on my rotation. I'm going Tanner Burns. That's a that's a good safe pick right there. Yeah, I think you get back end type of starter um, possibilities of flashing a number three at some point in time. I think you get a safe for number four, number five. And uh, let's just hope the elbow holds up or, or whatever it was at the end of the season. I think it wasn't a elbow soreness or something that limited him over his last uh, several starts. He spent a little time on the yeah, rest. He, yeah, he missed a couple starts with an elbow problem, and uh, he did come back. And he was not all that crisp when he came back. The velocity was down a little bit, and, and everything else was just uh, kind of murky and the command wasn't very good, which I was surprised by because you know what his his control early in the season was pretty good, and uh, you know he looked like a mid rotation guy early on. But yeah, towards that back half of the year for that injury, he was uh, definitely a little bit concerning. So hopefully he's healthy. You know he's had some some injury issues in college in the past that Cleveland looked past. But I think you're right. The floor the floor there is. Uh, a back end starter, and that's that's pretty good for the kind of stuff he has. If you if you've got a number four or five starter that, like you said, can flash three stuff, uh, sometimes that's a pretty nice floor yep. to have. All right, my rotation's almost filled out, but it's not completely filled out, and I'm still missing some infield help. So, <laughs> all right, I I need to help at this position. And I know this is a, it's a risky pick, but I still think there's some talent in there. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe reach a little bit and I'm going to, I'm going to go get Gabriel Rodriguez to play third base for me uh, on this list. I know, like I said, I know it's a little risky. He didn't have a great season, but he's young and he can, he's got a good arm. He's a good fielder. And he's got a lot of power. And I would, I would just gotta hope that he can watch his last month of the season too. Um, I didn't write a scouting report, but he kind of popped out on me. I've, I've watched a lot of players for the Hillcats, and you know, I tried to blend in a couple of the months and seeing some of his September. I think it was the last month of the season. He looked pretty good, even at the plate at times. So somebody I've mm-hmm. been very high on. Yeah, a little bit of a reach, maybe, but I don't have anybody else to play third base out there, and I think uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't I think that was the right choice. Go with some upside. Um, so that puts me on the clock, and mm-hmm. I am going to select another pitcher. He was injured last year, and I'm going to leave his role undetermined for right now, but I'm going to go with Ethan Hankins, because I think Ooh. he could end up being a mid-rotation starter with potential, maybe a floor of being a setup man. Hmm. That is an interesting pick. So you've got both Tommy John arms on your, on your team. You're going, I'm taking going with upside for yeah, sure. I'm taking some risk. 
Well, oh, and you know, the last, you, you know, your pitching staff has a little bit of health issues. I mean, you've got, I don't think Gavin Williams had anything serious in college. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I, don't, I don't think, think he had any serious problems. Blister issues or something like that. I can't remember what it was now, but. Okay, well, you've got Cody Morris, who's had, you know, uh-huh. some injury issues. And he's had Tommy John. He had some shoulder problems in college. He had a shoulder problem last year. Tanner Burns had an elbow issue last year. He had a shoulder issue in college, but. Um, now you got Vargas and Hankins, both who've had Tommy John. So you are, you are hoping that your team hires a very good <laughs> trainer and medical Absolutely. doctor. <laughs> We're not drafting those, but if, if we could, Willie would have to draft a good one. <laughs> For real. I'm, I'm willing to take the risk and round out my, my stuff with, uh, got some guys I think that have upside. For sure. All right. Well, I am back on the clock, and I think I know. I think I know where I'm going to go with this. I got I got two guys I'm really interested in right here. They're both on on different ends of the spectrum um, in terms of prospect standing. So really, I feel like I've got a pretty a pretty solid rotation. So I guess this isn't going to hurt me as much. You know what? I could because I can view him as a swingman. I, I think he projects better as a reliever, but I like the stuff. And I think he'll stay in the rotation for as long as Cleveland uh, allows for, but he might move in the bullpen eventually. I think I'm going to go with Tobias Myers here to, to round up my rotation. I, I do think he's probably better suited as a reliever, but the stuff is good. And that gives me uh, two very safe, you know, back end kind of rotation arms to build the rest of my rotation with. And I am looking over the list and deciding which direction to go here. Cause I like a lot of these guys in this area. Um, there's still some talent on the board. Believe it or not, there's still some talent on the board. So I am going to go with a, another pitcher. And my selection is going to be Lenny Torres Jr. going for another upside arm. And uh, that is <laughs> three Tommy Johns. Yeah, he came back last year and looked better toward the end of the season. But, uh, you know, yeah, there are a lot of all of my guys have had an injury issue at some point in time, but that's why you go for big upside arms because you know you're going to blow one or two of them out and you may only get you, you yeah. may only get middle of the road type of results from them it's uh, a risk reward scenario for me yeah for sure I, i'm kind of surprised with lenny torres there was somebody else on the board i thought you were going to go with but um yeah i'm a little surprised that's where you decided to go so i guess that means ethan hankins is going to be your second reliever Yes. Yep. I'm gonna throw Hankins in as my setup okay. man with uh, with uh, Carlos Vargas as my closer, and I think Therese could even wow. slot in as a setup man type. But I, I think there's plenty of potential, a lot of youth there with a couple of these guys, obviously. Uh, so I'm buying youth and upside and rebound from injury. Um, but I I think you get that from some of these guys. You obviously you never get it from all of them. Some of them just never make it back, but I'm I'm taking the risk. I'm rolling the dice on my pitching staff that a couple of these guys turn out better than what you know we'd expect. I almost went 
with a different person here. Um, but you know what? I'm I'm happy with that pick. Your pitch, your pitching staff's already filled out. So let me. I I thought you were going to go with Tommy Mace right there. That was who I had you pegged for. I was I was ready to start writing him in. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about Nick Mikolochak. Oh yeah, that would have been a good way to go for I sure. Think he's going to be a, a very good reliever at the major league level. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That would have been a good pick too, but you definitely went for a little more upside on your rotation. Yeah, I mean, I've got seven guys I could say are starting pitchers, and two of them are going to end up in the bullpen. So I I feel pretty good about that. For sure. I got one. Oh, you know what? Not an outfield spot, but I can maybe play around with this. I've got DH and utility still to fill out, plus one more reliever, and I can go a lot of ways here. Um, you know what? In my in my utility spot, I'm sorry, my DH spot. You know what? Give me. Um, this is going to be a surprise pick to some people. I'm going to go with Mike Caprice here. I like. Uh, I like Mike Caprice's power and patience and. I think he got a little bit overwhelmed toward the end of the season last year. The strikeouts ticked up a little bit, so that concerned me. But um, he's not really an outfielder, but he can play some first. And he's got power. He's got patience. I think they got to move him up pretty quickly to see what he's going to do. He did make it to Akron for the playoffs, so that must mean they think that he's you know ready to compete at a higher level at some point. So I think he's a good fit in that spot. I mean, I could have gone with Jonathan Rodriguez. I could have gone with... Uh, Alexi Planez, but I think uh, I think Prees gives me a little bit of upside without taking too much risk there. And I'm going to slide down to a player I think that has a lot of potential. And I said with the outfield that I have put together between George Valera and Oscar Gonzalez, I'm going to need somebody with some speed. So I'm going to grab Dash, Luis Durango Jr., Ooh, I like that pick. And that's my center fielder. That's a fun one. That's a That should make up for any defensive deficiencies you have out there for sure. He's got enough speed to cover all that ground. And then some. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm excited. I, I would imagine he starts the year at Lynchburg. Yeah, so I'm excited so. to see him on video a little bit more. He's fun. All right, well... Um, gosh, I, I still have my utility spot to fill out. I could, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bank on a rebound from another hitter here. I, I took Gabriel Rodriguez earlier on and I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to take Aaron Bracho for my utility spot. I'm going to bank that his hit tool improves a little bit next year. I mean, we, we thought he was going to be a really good hitter. Going into 2021, I think we were all expecting a, a big year from him, and he, he struggled, but the pedigree is still good. I mean, he was a, a very well-paid international prospect for a reason. So I am going to, with, with my last pick, I'm going to slide Oscar Gonzalez over to designated hit, hitter, and I am going to select Will Benson, outfielder. That's a good pick. You know... I 
I thought about Will Benson instead of Micah Preece, but I, I think I I kind of panicked there, and I thought I, maybe I should go with the safer pick. Maybe Micah Preece has a better hit tool at this point and is a little bit safer route, but Benson for sure has more upside. I, I, I'm still not sure about him yet, though. That's a, that's a good play right there. Man, is your outfield athletic. You've got George Valera, Will Benson, and Luis Durango all in that same outfield. Some that speed there between those, between Benson and Durango. Benson's a big, big guy. He'll move pretty yeah. good. And you've got two, you've got two, um, got two good arms. Valera's got a good arm, and we know Benson's oh, yeah. got a great arm. And Gonzalez, even. He's got a good arm. Hmm. Well, I guess that leaves the last pick to me, and um, hmm. could go a lot of ways with this. I was going to ask you, what do you what do you think about the chances of Will Dion or, or Rodney Boone being relievers? Do you think they're both starters, or do you think that one of those guys ends up a reliever? You know, I don't know if um, Boone has the command. to to be a starter. Will Dion, man, he was pinpoint accurate when he made his debut last year. And, and you and I have seen very little video of him. A guy that strikes a ton of people out, I think that's a good relief profile, but there's a possibility that he ends up as a, a fifth starter. You know, that's a, you're playing upside there and there's some other names on the board that I really like still. Um, even one that made his, he, who did major league level, but was kind of unimpressive. Um, honestly, if I was going to look left-hander here, you know, there's Connor Pilkington and Ryan Webb still. Um, you know, I like both of those guys. I thought about Ryan Webb here. I thought about Ryan Webb actually to fill out my rotation. I thought I took a lot of uh, safe arms. I could have gone Ryan Webb instead of Tobias Myers, but I decided to keep, keep it safe. You know what? I'm going to I'm not really sure about Rodney Boone, Will Dion. I'm going to go with Nick Mikolacek because Nick Mikolacek is our mm-hmm. uh, highest-ranked reliever in our prospect rankings this year. Uh, one of the only relievers. We have him, well, I guess Leftwich and Jerson Ramirez, and we did rank Nick Enright. And uh, Keith Law even had Nick Enright. Uh, he didn't have him ranked for the, for the uh, Guardians, but he had a little write-up about him saying, how many players he struck out last year and uh, he might have a chance to be a middle reliever, which for Keith Law to even mention his name yeah. is uh, really and interesting. He had so 22 appearances, I think that stood out to me. I think 22 appearances repitched more than one inning last year. Um, it worked seven, eighth and ninth inning too. So he was in those pressure filled in- innings. That was preparation for a future role in my opinion. Uh, not that they're thinking that he's a back-end arm, but you put him in that pressurized situation to see how he responds. And then as he as he moves up, um, you want to see what he can do. And I think he's a sixth, seventh guy in, in the major leagues. Um, I don't think he's going to end up being a back-end guy. Um, but I think that, um, you know, there's, there's value there. He's somebody I told you 
I think earlier in, in a different podcast that it, don't be surprised if he makes his debut this year. He's already going to be 26 this season. So, I mean, he's age appropriate, so to speak. <laughs> right. Yeah, he was in Akron last year, so there's a good chance he can move quickly. I don't know. I don't know if he beats uh, Nick Mikulacek to the to the majors, though. So that's why I ended up going there. So let's quickly we're we're just about an hour. Let's quickly recap our team. So um, at catcher, Willie took uh, Bo Naylor. I took Brian Lavastida. Uh, if you're you know we obviously didn't pick these in order, but um, at first base, Willie's going with Nolan Jones. I'm going with Young Kenzie Noel. Uh, I put Richie Palacios at second. He put Tyler Freeman at second. Uh, I have Gabriel Arias playing shortstop. Willie's got Brian Rocchio. Uh, Willie's got Jose Tana, man, in third base. I dipped into the risk pool with Gabriel Rodriguez, hoping for a bounce back. Uh, obviously, Willie's second pick was George Valera. And his outfield surrounded out by Will Benson, Luis Duranco Jr. I've got Stephen Kwan, Petey Halpin, and Isaiah Green playing outfield for me, so not a lot of power, but definitely got some speed and defense and some pretty good hit tools, hopefully. Uh, DH, Willie grabbed the, the maybe the second, third best power bat in the system, even if he doesn't really uh, walk enough to get to it. There's Oscar Gonzalez at DH. I went with the out-of-the-left-field pick with uh, Mike Caprice to play DH for me, who can also you know play some outfield in first base. And utility player for Willie is one of his favorite guys, Angel Martinez. He can play every infield position and and hit and run. Uh, I went with Aaron Bradshaw, kind of hoping for a little bit of a bounce back again. Willie, your pitching staff is is Gavin Williams, Cody Morris, Doug Nikhazy, Tanner Burns, and Lenny Torres Jr. as your starters. And you went with Carlos Vargas and Ethan Hankins as your relievers, so... As we said, a lot of uh, injury risk, but a lot of high end stuff right there. And, and you got some risks and on the um, position player side. Interesting strategy. You you went that way on position player, which is usually a safer bet. But I went upside of with pitching. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, if Rodriguez and Bracho, if their bats don't pan out, then this is a bad look. But you know, that was towards the end of the draft and. Also, the you know position player, a lot of scarcity there, and and you you made a smart move. You bulked up on the infield. You got Freeman and Rocchio and Tana, who you know I could have grabbed Tana to play any any one of my positions there, and you know I was busy filling out my rotation. Yeah, and you stockpiling some good arms. I, uh, I did, yeah. So my my pitching staff is Daniel Espino, Logan T. Allen, Peyton Battenfield. Xavion Curry and Tobias Myers. I went safe with the last two. Uh, my relievers are Jack Leftwich and, and Nick Mikulacek. So where Willie took two starters that he thinks end up as relievers um, on the injury risk side of things, I took two guys that are relievers who I think are going to be relievers very quickly. Um, I don't know. You want to mention some notable names we left on the board real quick, Willie? I mean, we didn't take uh, – you didn't take Tommy Mace, who I really thought you would take. Um well, who else is on the board that we really didn't talk about? One that really stood out to me. Um, mm-hmm. He's high on my on my personal rankings. You know, he's within just within the top twenty. Um, didn't go that route again. Um, didn't have the greatest season when he did 
show up healthy, and I, I don't know what his future holds if it's starter reliever. But I took the bet on a couple of guys, you know, even Lenny Torres and uh, Ethan Hankins over him, um, just because I like their upside. Whereas they offer more upside, you know, maybe Cantillo is a safer bet to be a back-end starter or reliever because he's a lefty. You're going to give a lefty a, a longer look or a longer shot. Yeah, I I am surprised neither one of us took Cantillo. I I consider Cantillo for a relief role to be honest, but I was a little bit skeptical about doing that because you know he had the injury issue last year, but he also the fastball is not really explosive, and the command was a little bit lacking when he came back last year. So I was a little concerned about how that would play in a relief role. So I, I stayed away from that. You know, I thought about Ryan Webb as well, who's got a lot of upside, but we don't know how he's going to come back from Tommy John. But, you know, I know you really like the potential there if he comes back healthy. Mm-hmm. I thought that, uh, you know, Jonathan Rodriguez had a good year for Lake County last year. I think he could have been a good outfield pick from one of us. Um, he might be kind of a low-end player at this point, but he has enough patience and power. And then Alexis Planez, that's another guy, too, that – I thought maybe one of us would end up taking him just because of the scarcity in the outfield. He's got a lot of tools. I, I thought about but it. But a lot of swing and miss. But, I mean, if George, George. Yeah, George George Benson. <laughs> George. Wow, you just combined two players. Okay. I, we, that was not part of the rules. Well, I, I did ask if I could take somebody that played both ways, but, you know, there was only one player in the system that we could <laughs> think of. Um, Carson Tucker is another guy that stood out we didn't mention. The, the shortstop who was injured last year didn't really get to play his rookie season either because of COVID. And then Eli Morgan is still on our list from my understanding, or he's on my list. Maybe, um, maybe I need to pull him off of my list. I don't think he surpassed. Yeah, he, he, uh, he surpassed oh, he rookie limits last year. Then I need to, <laughs> I need to knock him off of my list. Cause he's got, he's on there twice. <laughs> He, oh, geez, you really like Eli Morgan, but you still didn't try to draft him. Well, he's gone. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think there's really nobody else. I mean, Jose Fermin would have been a good utility guy for either one of us, but um, I decided to go with Aaron Bracho for the bat. I mean, Bracho is not a great fielder, but he played he played first, second, and third last year for Lake County, and I was just kind of hoping that the bat will rebound. And, you know, he was – I want to say – Oh, I have to go back and look because I know you wrote about it. Was Bracho paid more than Rocchio and yes. Valera the year? Because they were all part of the yes, same Bracho chain. Yes, Rocchio got uh, $1.5 million, Valera got $1.25 million, and Brian Rocchio received $125,000. So it's not Jeez. always about bonuses for these players. Sometimes, and that's in part because of what they show when they make the commitment. So maybe a player is not fully matured or, or maybe they made an early commitment just taking security and not betting on themselves. And sometimes they get burned and they honor their commitments. Um, to bet MLB doesn't do that. Oh, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Was I? Um, oh, <laughs> Rob Manfred, if you're listening, the human pinata, what? <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Aaron Bracho was somebody I had in my back pocket. I was gonna, I was thinking utility man, um, designated hitter. I was going to sneak him through and you, you snatched him up. Um, Alexfree, Alexfree Prainez, Alexfree Plainez 
was another guy I was considering. Um, somebody I think that uh, he has a lot of potential. There's a long way to go with him. But, you know, is he Oscar Gonzalez uh, 2.0 or maybe a better version of Oscar? Who knows? We'll see. Um, but another guy that I, I liked as a top 40 arm for me is Hunter Gaddis, who I think could have profiled well as a back-end starter or probably a reliever. Yeah, Gaddis is interesting. He, I, For me, he's a much better reliever. He's you're talking about stiff deliveries. There's another guy with a stiff delivery. Uh, and he still has the head whack, but really his his control is not that bad for a guy that has, like you said, a stiff delivery and a and a head whack that he hasn't gotten rid of since college. He still throws a, a decent amount of strikes. Now he's inconsistent control wise, but uh, there are days where he throws a lot of strikes, and he's got a decent fastball and a a decent slider, and obviously. His changeup is as good as Eli Morgan's. Eli Morgan came up with a 70 changeup, and I would say that Hunter Gaddis' changeup is probably a 70. Uh, it's really good. And you put that in the bullpen, I think that makes everything better. So that's a, Another guy. a good consideration. Another guy I really liked that was kind of back pocket for me, I, I was considering just depending on how you went with the infield, Milan Tolentino, because he's gotten stronger in – you know, it's playing well for him. He's an excellent defender. He would be an excellent utility man at some point in his career, but could still end up, you know, being a shortstop, second baseman, or even third baseman because he's he might have the frame for that if he continues to add some bulk to that frame. Yeah, you know, I liked his swing last year when he got to, to Lynchburg. I thought that um, I, he has a great arm, so obviously yeah, the arm plays at short and third base. He's got a good glove. I did think that his contact quality improved last year. I did. I thought he drove the ball a little bit better late in the season. And I, I almost picked him for utility too. I thought maybe um, that'd be a good way to go. Cause he's got a little more pop in the bat than I thought he would given uh, where he came out of the draft, you know, with a, a hit over power profile. And then obviously he's not going to project for a ton of power, but a little more pop than I thought he would have. But yeah, I, I considered him, instead of Aaron Bracho for that utility spot for a little bit there. Victor Nova was another guy too. I, I thought maybe I would be interested in because Victor Nova played third and outfield last year, but I just can't get over that. He's not a, not a great defender at third base. And um, there's a lot of swing and miss there. I, I'm surprised. Well, I guess I'm not surprised, but a couple of years ago, I think we were all pretty high on Jose for me. And right. we all thought, well, okay, this like is a guy that's going to be taken in the rule five draft. Potential major league player. Um, I just think he's a guy that stuck in, too. in the numbers games. And I'll even throw out Marcus Gonzalez, or Marcos Gonzalez. He didn't hit the greatest last year. 21-year-old kid going to double-A that hasn't played in two years because of injury and COVID. Um, he he has the potential to be a solid utility player on the major league level. You know, I think there's some value for him. Didn't think about him as far as this potential draft goes, but he's a player that probably kind of gets lost in the cards, so to speak. I think that's where Jose Fermin is, unfortunately, right now. But, I mean, looking at, at this, one thing that really stood out, and part of the reason I took the approach that I did, I like the depth of pitching. And you see what Cleveland has done with some of these arms, some of the guys that they have developed. You know, they've taken risks on, or they've got they've gone for guys that didn't look like they were going to be number one starters, but ended up becoming more than what they were when they got them into the system. 
I kind of took that risk that, hey, my draft, I'm going to take that approach. I went for a few guys that I think have big upside that could front a rotation. To me, getting Gavin Williams where I did is no different than getting Daniel Espino where you did. Yeah, sure. I mean, those are, <clears throat> those are the two guys in the system, I think, that have the best chance to be an ace. Yeah, I think there's um, out of anybody. four standout arms for me in the system. Gavin Williams, Daniel Espino, Logan T. Allen, and then Peyton Battenfield. Um, I do like Cody Morris a lot, so there's that. Um, but you, you really stockpiled on arms, and you got Battenfield uh, – I guess ahead of Morris, is that right? I can't remember if you grabbed him before I grabbed Cody Morris or not. I think you did. Um, I grabbed Battenfield right after you grabbed Morris because I knew if I didn't take him there, he was going to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) I had a few of your moves predicted. I mean, I had, I took Petey Halpin right right before you were going to, I think. I almost took Halpin over in a Casey right there. I'm like, well, I'm going to lay off of this one just for now because I wanted to make sure I got a left-hander and made it hurt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh, yeah i did take uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's no no trades we're not making any trades here i uh i thought for sure once i stole daniel espino from you you were gonna steal gavin or uh logan t allen from me, i was but, gonna uh, yeah I, made, I, I really was yeah I was after <laughs> logan t allen then i decided to go for bone Naylor there or or yeah, Bo Naylor, well, Bo Naylor was right after. You took Nolan Jones right before I took Logan T. Allen. Yeah, and I was going to take uh, Brian Lavastida right after that. I was going to really force your hand with catching. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know who I would have taken if you'd have taken both of them. I guess I would have had to take. Uh, who I could have? I guess what Robert Lopez <laughs> would have been the next best one. I mean, seeing him about twelve. Joe, Joe Donovan is. Jeez, I might have just taken somebody else and converted them to catcher. <laughs> I'm going to put John Kenzie Noel behind the plate. Gabriel Arias. There we go. There's our new catcher. Yeah. He's a good catcher. Hey, Will Bartlett was a catcher in college, right? Uh, high school, yeah. High school, yeah. I could have put him at, at catcher. Yeah, I, I could not let that uh, could not let that slide by. I would have been in rough shape catching-wise. Uh, yeah, you were on top of it. And then I was, I was yeah. eyeballing Richie Palacios, too. Um he was a guy I was looking at back pocket. I was going to snatch, snatch him up. But I, I, my fallback was Angel Martinez, who I was just sitting on and letting him slide and happy to snatch him where I did. Because I, you know, I've been in you, my top 15 for, what, two years now. If you did not take Angel Martinez where you did, well, I let him go for a while. But uh, my plan was actually to put um, – I was going to use Palacios as an outfield and I was going to let, I was going to try to get Martinez for second base. Instead you took him and I was like, well, I guess I have to go after somebody else now for the outfield. Cause you know what? You, you took Martinez a pick ahead of Isaiah green. So if, if Martinez was still on the board, I was going to move Palacios to the outfield and I was going to put Martinez at second, but you did grab him a pick ahead of me. Yeah, so. you got a very young outfield outside of Micah Preece, but, um, you know, I, I think some guys that bring some excitement here in a few years will be really excited about. Uh, I'll throw in Luis Durango, too. I got him. Um, speedster, maybe a throwback type of guy that's going to hit the ball in the corners and use his speed to get on base. He'll outrun the throws, um, you know, to first base or to second base. And 
legit speedster that's going to steal a lot of bases. He's going to get all over. He'll be all over the outfield. So just needs to stay healthy. Had that arm injury. Another guy that had an injury. So that's true. That's another guy. And and can't forget you've got Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman who both missed the rest of the regular season oh, with injury with uh, surgery. Lara's injury is the reason I. Or injury history is the reason I didn't pop him at the first pick. But I knew if I went Rokio that it would throw the board off a little bit. Um, and I was willing to make that gamble that you didn't pop Valera there at the second pick. Um, See, I I was always going Noel. Noel was my first pick no matter what just because there's not a guy in the system with his power. And first base is so desolate that I was like, there's no way I can let my him go. My thought process was to grab him in the third pick range or to grab Naylor in the third pick range. And, you know, I, I took a little bit of a risk for me because I, I think I showed my hand grabbing Naylor early, maybe a pick earlier, but it, I also got Tyler Freeman a few picks later where I consider excellent value for the quality prospect he is. I think I got him with a ninth overall pick. So, you know, I, I like my team. I think pitching wise, I'd probably give you the nod right now. I think lineup wise, I'd give me the nod. But we'll see how all this, see what our uh, followers think. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I think, I think for sure you do have the edge hitting wise. I, you know, I did get the big man in the middle of the order, but I, uh, I played it a little bit. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I waited too long and I had to go with, some bounce back gambles in Rodriguez and Bracho. And, you know, Isaiah Green struck out a lot at the complex level last year. So that's a risk, too. Um, I think, I think you picking Jose Tano is what really messed me up. I was banking once you took Freeman and, and, uh, and Rokio or Rokio and Freeman, I was like, okay, well, I, I'm still going to go get Tina and I can play Tana at second, short, or third. And then you took him, I think, uh, let's see, who did I take at 14? I, I have him and uh, Noel just back-to-back on my board. And you pop Noel, that kind of threw the board out of whack slightly. And then me taking Rokio um, caused Valera to drop. And, you know, it, there was a ripple effect down the board, so to speak, um, on both of those players. So the last chance I think I had to take him, well, you took you took Tane at 15. Um I considered Quan. I considered Tana where I took Quan at twelve, and I was going to take Quan. So with see, that I pick, took, but seeing Tana there, uh, and you picked Quan just ahead of me. Uh, that's you know, uh, it, that it was either of those two guys for me, and I was going to be really happy. And then to kind of, I, yeah. I kind of just sat on Angel Martinez for a little while after that. Um, that was good value. Yeah, I was I was going value. I was playing the board a little bit. And for me, there's so many of these yeah, arms. You know, I, I've got Tanner Burns, Lenny Torres, Doug Nikhazy, Carlos Vargas, and Ethan Hankins. Those five guys are all within 10, 10 slots or so of each other. So let's say in my personal rankings, all of these guys fall within that 15 to 25 range. So getting that, that, w- that represented value to me too. You know, I, I went big upside um, with all of them. Injury risk, but big upside. See, I did not follow my board. I I went with where I thought I could take most advantage of position scarcity, and that's why I took Noel and loaded up on pitching a little bit early on. Well, okay, a spinner I took just to spite you, and then I picked Logan. 
I I picked Logan T. Allen out of fear. You're going to retribute. I, I was coming. I, was, I had Logan T. Allen squarely in my side. When you popped him, it, <laughs> it changed my thought process. Okay, I'm coming back a different direction at you now. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's where you took Nayla. That that for sure threw that threw a loop that I couldn't uh, I couldn't wait on catching. I was a little then... surprised you went Lavastida instead of taking the risk and going. But I was going to go back to back Nayla and Lavastida and then really make you sweat. <laughs> yeah, if you had done that, my team would have been in a rough shape because uh, yeah, obviously we know catching is not a strong yeah. suit here. This pick for him. <laughs> Yeah, I would have been like begging you to get Lavastida to. I would have had to make a package deal. Oh, let's see. We don't have any quite. Well, we have one question this week, Willie. We have uh, Chuck six three six one eight nine one zero. Um, he wants to know how many. Who is going to get more at bats for the Guardians this season? Gabriel Arias, Stephen Kwan, or Richie Palacios? I'm saying Stephen Kwan gets more at bats out of those three. Stephen Kwan, Richie Palacios, and Gabriel Arias in that order. Ooh. That's interesting. Yeah, that makes sense considering who knows what's going to happen at shortstop because they've got Medrosario and. I, I think they're going to give some minutes above. Arias. I think they're going to give him a ride. I think they're going to give uh, Rosario a ride, and I think they're going to give given as a ride at second base, and then see what Owen Miller has, and we might see a little bit of Yu Chang in there if he's not designated for assignment um, or traded away or or whatever you know, or hidden in the four hole. Who knows? That is not music to some of our listeners' ears to say that. Oh, I threw out all <laughs> possibilities. <laughs> you did, but you started with one there. I was yeah. joking. I was. I don't all think right. he's going to get end up designated for assignment. I think he's going to be a depth option this year. Yes. Well, he's out of options, so it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for him to. It's a make or break whenever the players are allowed to report to camp. Uh, yeah, but. In- I don't know. Trade for Matt Olson. You know, we have uh, as fans, we have Yu Chang and Bobby Bradley to look forward to at first base. I guess maybe maybe we don't want the season to start if that's our (laughs) options. Maybe we maybe we're not looking forward to that. (laughs) Maybe it's better to start the season on MLB the Show or something like that uh, and go that route. Yeah. Hey, they did. That show they picked uh, Shohei Otani as their cover athlete. They made the right decision. Yeah. So at least somebody running a baseball related entity made a good decision. Can't say that for all of them, <laughs> unfortunately. All right. Well, Willie, I think uh, that's enough for this week. We're almost at an hour and a half. You said we could go forty five minutes, and we went an hour and a half because that's just what we do. Um. Thank you for listening to me this far in the podcast. JL underscore baseball. Uh, Will who 99 on Twitter for both of us official underscore CGBI on Twitter for the site. If you're not a subscriber or an insider to the site already um, again, top prospect scouting reports. Those are coming out every day. Got to be an insider to read them all. I think tomorrow is uh, gosh, you think I know the system. I know our list a little bit better, Willie, but I do not because it's so hard to keep track. Today was Diane Frias. Tomorrow is Will Brennan. One of my, favorite underrated outfield prospects in the system. Uh, didn't talk about him nope. among guys we could have taken. I, I do like his skills a little bit. Too. 
Was yeah, he? I, I thought about him. He's somebody that I thought, well, if this goes down too far, he's a good on-base guy. He has a good arm, um, can, play, can play some center, can play right because of the arm, and he gets on base, you know. So he doesn't have power, but he's a good outfielder. He's going to make a good fourth, fifth outfielder or a depth option for Cleveland or someone else, I think. Yeah, don't be surprised if he ends up being a guy who could hit like, uh, I don't know, 10 or ten or 12 home runs someday. I mean, he's he only had six this year, but he sold 15 bases. And yeah, he got on base a ton and uh, yeah, walked 10% of the time. Interesting player for sure. I think for sure a fourth outfielder. Never know. All right. Well, again. Subscribe to the site. Subscribe to the podcast if you're listening and you haven't left us a review yet. We'd really appreciate it. We'd really appreciate a five-star review. But, you know, if it's not a five-star podcast, then uh, if you're going to leave less than a five-star review, you have to tell us why. I think that's fair. I think it's fair to say if you don't like us, you got to tell us why. If you like us, we understand that. But uh, if we're not giving you five stars worth of content, let us know how we can earn that fifth star. Well, I don't know when we're going to do this again. I don't have a schedule for our podcasting because, uh, unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of news that's good news in terms of um, the baseball season. You know, we could come back next week and talk about the start of college baseball if you'd like. Or I was thinking sometime soon we could do a live podcast and see if any of our listeners have questions about our top prospect rankings. Um I don't know. Those are all things that could come up in the future. What do you What do you think? Do you want to do college next week since that starts Friday? I probably won't be watching a lot this weekend, to be honest with you. I'm going to focus on prospect write-ups um, and then get caught up later on with the college season. That's kind of my thing. Uh, first month, it, it goes by, and I'm for the last couple of years, I've been involved with these uh, write-ups. I like to dedicate that time to that and then come back around, circle back, and see what I've missed and get caught up. Um, so I, I say we kick the can around and see what we come up with. I don't know if we'll end up talking college baseball and how many people on here would be interested in that, but uh, we do get a good draft following, that's for sure. Yeah, well, we'll see if that's that's a possibility. Um, I do want to do the live version of the podcast soon so we can get some interactive questions about the prospect ranking list and, and go back and forth about that. But we can push that down the road as well because I don't think we're – Unfortunately, all that close to uh, spring training starting. So we can kind of push that back and, and see what happens. Kind of so, like the start of the season. I don't know if we... <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, on that note, thank you for listening. And we will probably check back in with you in the next week or two. And we'll let you know how things go. Willie, thanks for joining me. Always a pleasure, Justin. Wow. <laughs>